0: Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. She wore braces for three years to create her winning smile, Dr. Grace Lee. Hi, it's Grace again, and welcome to another episode of Career Revisionists. And today I decided to go back to a topic that has been very close to my my heart, and that is academia. I want to be talking about education today, because so many people think of education as something that you can only get in a classroom, in school, with a certified teacher. You know, either they went through their education, or if it's a university, then it has to be a professor with a PhD. I mean, when you think education, there's that, that structure and that instruction with a person standing in front of a room, right? But that's not true. And let me, let me share with you why. Because if you take a look at the word education, the root word is educate, and the word origin of educate comes from the Latin word educere, which means to bring out or to lead forth. So, the original intent of education is that education is meant to bring out the innate powers of students and give them scope to develop their innate powers. However, it is but You know, in the the modern world, education is something which is imposed from the outside. I mean, it originates externally through experiences and activities. And that's why we picture this classroom or this. and, And it could be a classroom. It could be a virtual classroom as well with with a lot of online courses that you can take. But in all intents and purposes, there is a room. And there is someone commanding the room, and that person commanding the room has a certification as a teacher or professor, and it is all teaching on a certain topic, and they're giving you instruction, right? But so traditionally, the experience includes the teacher giving instructions in a classroom, and the activities include your assignments and your exams, right? So education is something that's imposed from the outside. Now, There's examples all around us of people who are highly successful, they're influential, and they're quite well-adjusted, and they didn't complete a formal education. And when you look at these examples, and they're so abundant all around us, and I'm going to pick two that are coming up to my mind right now, like Elon Musk, the founder of SpaceX and Tesla, and then there's Bill Gates and Microsoft. They didn't complete a formal education. They dropped out, or they decided not to pursue. And when you look at that, and they're not the only ones, there's so many examples out there, celebrities as well, and some of the less A-list people out there who have done wonders in making this world a better place and making a lot of money as well, wealthy, successful, influential. When you look at all these examples, these this evidence around us, it starts to poke holes in the age-old theory that formal education is good and dropping out is bad for you. And I'm not here to say, I'm not here to convince you either direction. And what I wanted to talk to you about in this episode is which is better? And I've had questions. I mean, some of my listeners and some of my watchers on my YouTube channel have asked me because they're in this place where they're, they're starting to consider going to college or they're considering going back to college for maybe a second degree or more accreditation. And they're deciding between doing that or to self-educate you know to be self-taught and so my listeners and my watchers on youtube they're coming they're asking me which one's better which one should i do should i go for the formal education and get that certificate or that diploma or that degree or should i just go learn on my own and acquire the skills that way but i don't have this piece of paper to this formal accreditation so which one is better Right. And and as you, and as you know, you might have and as you know my story, I have gone through the traditional route. And ten years of university, I had three degrees out of that: um, a bachelor's degree, a master's, and a PhD. So I had gone the traditional route, and I've experienced universities in abroad as well. I studied in North America, I studied in Canada, in the U.S., and also in the U.K. So I've experienced a very wide range of academia and how they structure these classrooms how they instruct and the gaps in education is something that I've been noticing in uh, in 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 my journey as well so this starts to poke holes when you see these evidence of people who are highly well-adjusted individuals impactful and influential and they're successful super successful it starts to it starts to show evidence that dropping out is not necessarily a bad thing i mean elon musk dropped out and there are cases all around us who are people who've dropped out and gone on to do quite amazing things and improving our society improving the environment include improving our improving some some systems right and and so this causes quite a lot of conflict between students and teachers and also conflict between children and parents and the conflict is there because on one hand between students and teachers i mean teachers are they believe in their product they're there to to be they're part of the education system and they are teachers in the classroom so they believe in that product they believe in the education system they believe in the offer and they are the face of the offer they're they're there and they are teaching they are trying to make a difference in their students' lives and in the people that they teach so they would from their perspective from their standpoint teachers would say that good student in order to have the best chance of a good career in their future that they should stay in school within the conflict of children and parents parents well-intentioned parents who want the best for their child of course and, and, and i'm generalizing but most parents would say that they would want their children to have a good education a solid education and to do well in school and however well they want their children to do to do in school it depends on the parent right for me personally i didn't have parents to push me to do well in school uh, i mean some of you know my my story i was an orphan and i didn't grow up with parental guidance i did not have parental support and i was qu- i was alone in my in my childhood and adolescence and the motivation came from within within me and i had I had this deep-rooted desire to do well in school. And for me, the definition of doing well was getting a high GPA. I needed a 4.0 GPA, straight A's, and I needed to be competitive for all the scholarships out there. And the reason why that was important to me was because I didn't have anyone paying for my education. And I had chosen at the age of 16 that my education was my ticket to independence, the freedom that I craved to be independent and not need to depend on someone else. Right? so that I could have the life that I wanted and to, to buy the things that I wanted and needed to. So education was my... I knew at a young age that education was my way to get there. But because no one was paying for my education, I knew that I had to earn it to earn the scholarships that would pay the tuition and pay my way there. So that's why, for me, my definition of success and doing well in school was being the top student in, of my class every subject, all the time. So that was my definition for, for every well-meaning parent, it's different. But needless to say, the common language, the vernacular is that parents would say they want their children to do well in school so that they could have a good future for themselves. Right? So that they, have, they could have the best chance of being competitive, to get, the jobs that they, the jobs, to get all the jobs, the offers that they, that they wanted, and to make a contribution. Right, so well-meaning parents would say that about their children. And so this conflict is there because there's this dualism in the perception that formal education is good for you and dropping out or not getting a degree is bad for you. And that's the dualism. But the objective fact is that it is neither. So in other words, formal education is neither good or bad for you. It's not dualistic. And dropping out or deciding not to pursue formal education in the beginning is also neither good nor bad for you, right? Because for every instance that you find a case where someone who dropped out of college couldn't be competitive and could not build a future for themselves, you find also examples and evidence of people who dropped out and made a fabulous future for themselves and had phenomenal success, and the opposite and the other side of it is true too. People who have had degrees, college degrees, or multiple degrees, who are who graduate, did really well in school, and at the end they didn't know how to use the degrees, or they ended up in jobs that they were they, they were miserable and, and feeling burnt out and 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 just unfulfilled. And at the same time, you also have examples of people who do have a degree, multiple degrees, and they are super successful as well. So because there are evidence on each four of those cases that's why there's an objective fact that formal education or dropping out or not pursuing formal education is neither good nor bad for you because here's the thing as well in the modern world i mean if you look at the modern world you there's one thing that is for sure and that is change is happening really quickly change is happening all around us and it's the only constant Right? Look at and then you look at the classroom and you look at colleges and universities, high schools, grade schools, and that structure around it, the experience where education is something imposed from the outside, teacher giving instruction in the classroom, the activities, are assignments and exams. You look at that structure and that whole economy of formal education. That is something that has very changed very little over time, right? Every classroom, a physical classroom, has the chairs. There's a chalkboard or a whiteboard. There is um, visual aids, and there are students' seats for all the students with a tablet or a table where, where you can take notes. Right. So that's structure, and then again, the grading. There's uh, there's exams, and there's tests that grade your performance so that you could be measured on how well you've taken in the information and how well you've learned the material. So the experience hasn't changed a lot at all over the years. But modern in in the economy of the outside economy in the formal world in the in the outside world where you can learn outside of formal education, that change is happening very rapidly every day and it the change is the only thing that's constant. So And then that leaves a question of how well is our formal education system, how well is it adopting to the the global context of who we are and the impact we want to have in this world, given that changes are happening very rapidly and the definition of work, the definition of careers and the way work can be carried out remotely and virtually is changing so rapidly as well. Right? and then there are jobs and job functions that have that are constantly being being created that never existed before so then that means that the formal education system is is in a way needing to catch up with these job functions and there are only a limited number of departments or subject areas or or majors that you choose from in college and university or or trade schools that can train you for a certain career track right but all the ones that the really quickly evolving ones ones in technology ones in computer science ones in in um, communications and business those ones evolve so rapidly that it's that if you go out in there in uh, go out in the world and you look at the the fastest pace businesses out there and you want to be competitive for a role there then a lot of the times more often than not that you have to you have to do what is called on the go learning, right? You have to learn just in time rather than going to whereas in the past you could go to school, earn a degree for a long period of time, for you know, four to five years, average degree, and then after that you find a position or a job function that's related to what you studied. Now, because of the economy moving so quickly, there isn't necessarily going to be a degree program or a department that will train you to do the job that these fast, quick-moving companies or, or mass businesses are needing, the skills that they need, aren't taught in formal education yet because there hasn't been time yet to develop a curriculum or to develop that departmental structure around it, if that makes sense. So because of that, in the modern world, people tend to prefer learning from non-professional doers instead of professional teachers. And what do I mean by that? So a non-professional doer is someone who does not have an education or accreditation as a teacher, but they've done the thing that you want to do. So they've had, they've done the thing that you want to do and they've had success doing it. So they become non-professional doers because they did it and you want you want the success that they have. So you want to learn from them. And so people are more, they prefer, and they're more likely to learn from people like that, right? Who've had the success they want. And and this is something that has been popularized, you know, in, in, in online learning as well, and courses that you can take for free or for a small fee compared to a university degree. And you can learn from people who are successful at doing something and you want to acquire the skill that they have and have the success that they want. So instead, they want to learn from people like that. They, people, there's a movement to learn from people like that who have an offered to teach you something rather than or instead of learning from professional teachers. And professional teachers, what I mean by that is those teachers who stand in front of a classroom in university who have a PhD, and so therefore they're qualified to teach at a university or they have a certain professional accreditation that makes them qualified to be hired by that formal education institution. Right? So they're professional teachers because they get paid for the accreditation they have, the training they had in formal education, and that gives them that education gives them give them the qualification to be hired as a teacher. So they're called professional teachers. And while that is still quite a very valuable experience to have, what I'm saying is that it's neither good nor bad to choose not to learn that way, you know, or to choose to learn. Through being self-taught or to choose to learn from a, a non-professional doer right because because we learn i mean if you go back to science as we know from science the key to evolution is variation and evolution is very important because as, as you know as i mentioned earlier our economy is moving so fast such a rapid rate that things are being innovated you know and and if you don't evolve and in in, in the business world if you don't evolve or adapt then the business dies Right? And, but the only way to, to evolve, you know, from back to science, the key to evolution is variation. And here's, let me illustrate what I mean by that. So now this is a lesson in science. <laughs> Going back to my roots here. Let's take the example of a beetle. And I mean, how many of you have seen beetles? In I don't know, depending on where you live. But if you've had the opportunity or the, or the disadvantage of seeing a beetle up close, Some of them develop horns on their heads. Not all of them have horns, but some of them do. And the horns of the beetle are very curious because each horn, each beetle can either develop a horn or not. And each beetle that develops a horn, the horn comes in different shapes, different sizes, and they grow at different points on the head of the beetle. And so the horn is very curious because it's it's basically an extension of the skeleton of the beetle. And so scientists have been so curious about this, how, how, how this, the beetles evolved to growing these horns in the first place. Because a long time ago, if you look at the evolutionary history of these beetles, none of the beetles had horns. And then all of a sudden with biology you know it was the study of developmental of biology and genetics they realized that okay beetles are starting to have horns and depending on something these horns can be very oh, very delicate very extravagant displays on their head or they can be very small and very minimal and so in studying this in studying what causes these horns to develop and what causes them to be so very vari- variation so much variation they they found that it mostly comes down to nutrition so variations in nutrition so when the beetle is a larva before they become adult beetles they are larva so larvae is a plural of larva so when they are baby beetles they have they need nutrition and so larvae that have been exposed to more nutrition and they develop into adult beetles those beetles will have horns that are bigger and really elaborate Designs and, and curvatures of the horn, and larvae that have not been exposed to a lot of nutrition, they either don't develop horns or they develop really small and simple branched horns, and they and, and needless to say, I mean their their bodies are also are noticeably proportionate to their horn size too, because if of course they've been exposed to a lot more nutrition as a larva, then they would grow up as a bigger beetle with bigger horns and more extravagantly designed, right? And so the, so the variation here is in the nutrition. And nutrition is a product of the environment. So when you have variation in the environment, you also have beetles who can evolve to develop these horns. And these horns went on to serve the beetles very well because it helps to protect them from predators. So predators are, un, are less able to eat them and they are less able to attack them because they have these weapons and because they're made of the of the beetle skeleton they're hard they're, they're hard like bone and they are very sharp as well so the so that's what i mean that the evolution their variation of the environment because there was variation it was what that's what fueled the evolution inside the beetle in that species to develop to, to develop these horns now i must apologize if all of that was very boring to you or it didn't quite make sense yet. Let me put it in a simple way. Let's talk about smartphones. You think about in the early 2000s when some of the first smartphones were coming out. I mean, you had the StarTAC, you had the Motorola, you had those candy phones or the flip phones, things like that, right? Back then the smartphones were just were not there yet. They had simple phones. But they had so many different types of phones. There were like I mentioned before, there were the candy cane ones that just that you just talk on, but they had physical buttons. And then there was a flip phone where you flip it down to talk on it and they also had physical buttons. And then there were really fancy flip phones and ones that you slide open. You you slide it open, it exposes the keypad and then there's a physical button. So those cellular phones, mobile phones, back in the past, there were so many different types, so many different variations. And because there is variation, then that's how phone companies know who's competitive they know what the what people like to buy and what people prefer to buy and because of that variation they can look at all the different characteristics of cell phones and improve on their design and so when you move into you know 2010 you know 2005 beyond when the smartphone finally started to come out that's where you have these all the variations of the android phones that people were buying and all of a sudden Apple comes in with the best design. And it's because of variation that because there's so many options of smartphones out there, Apple was able to look at all the variation and say, what's working, what's not working, how can we do better, right? So that's how the key to evolution is variation. If there was no variation at all, how can you have evolution at all? So we know from science that if you're going to evolve and adapt to change, you need to have variation. So how can you adopt a mindset of dualism that formal education is good and dropping out is bad? If that's the case, there's no variation and you can't evolve. And if you can't evolve, you cannot adapt to change. And as we learned from business, businesses who don't adapt to change will die. And that's what I mean is that same thing here. If you don't adopt a change and you're not, you're not evolving, then you're not adopting to the economy of the modern world. right? So that's why it's important not to, not to choose one side or the other and to be extreme in your thoughts that formal education is good and it's only good, it's only good, and dropping out is bad and it's only bad, right? Because look at the evidence all around us that people have made it work. You can drop out and still have an education. Because the Latin word for education, the word origin means to bring out, lead forth. Right? Education doesn't mean go to a classroom and listen to an instructor. Education means to bring out your innate power. And there's more than one way to do that. There's more than one way to discover your innate power and to develop it and give it the scope to develop. Isn't that right? And so... In my case, I went through three university degrees, and I got my PhD. And I have to tell you that the biggest value I got from my PhD was that I was learning how to learn. I learned how to learn things that I never knew existed before. And of course, it was um, it was in the in the category of life science and neuroscience and and biology and genetics. That's how I can talk about it. But still, I mean, I I, I really learned the structure of how to take in information, how to take in knowledge and internalize it, and how to apply knowledge across different disciplines. And it was the matter, and these were the principles that don't change, and I was able to adopt and take that principle outside of academics and apply that into learning. In self-education and I have since after finishing my PhD I have since gone on to learn a whole host of different things and I knew that halfway through my PhD I knew that this was my final degree that I was not going to go back to school for more accreditations but that didn't mean I was going to stop learning and so that's what I mean a lot of a lot of times the conflict happens is because there is this dualism in the perception perceptions of good or bad but also because There is a mistake. There's a fallacy, a belief that if you're if you're not going to school or if you're dropping out of school, it means you stop learning, and that is not true. Just because you leave school, it doesn't mean you stop learning. You can choose to further education and improve through learning from non professional doers, for example, right? And that's how I had my foray into business. I didn't go back for an MBA. Right? I did not take economics in in college. I didn't go to a college for a marketing degree. I didn't do any of that. I learned from a non professional doer. Right? It was self education. I I invested. I invested in my in my skills, and I I went out and I found the best mentors out there, and I paid them money to learn from them, because they had they built a successful business and they had the success that I want, and that was. that's the best gift you can give to yourself is to invest in your skills. And it doesn't mean that you have to do it in formal education, but you can make it work for you. And that was the thing that I find very special about my own journey was that I was able to make both work for me, both formal education and self-education. I found a way and I made them both work for me and they work. And I mean, it's the same like medicine. Sometimes you have one treatment for the, you have one treatment for an ailment or a disease and because there are so many diseases out there that have complexities you know their origins are complex and their causes are unknown you can give the same treatment to two different people with the same diagnosis, diagnosis but then both of them upon taking that same medication one of them is treated and they recover and the other one just it doesn't the medication doesn't necessarily work for them and that's and that's because of variation Right. And and it's also the the notion that, you know, something's going to work for everyone. It just depends how are you going to show up? So that's my answer. I mean, formal education, self-education, which one is better? Well, they're neither. Both are neither good or bad. They can. They are both good and bad. It all depends on what you make of it. So it's a decision. So if you want to find out more and, and you, maybe you're at this point where you're saying, okay, that gives me clarity because or maybe you're thinking to yourself, okay, th- that's a relief. That's a relief because now I don't feel like I have to be forced into going to school if I don't want to. Or you might be feeling, okay, now that's a relief because um, I can decide to go to school now and 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 know that I could be self-educated later and I don't have to feel guilty that I'm making a bad decision, right? So maybe it's a relief for you, but maybe at the same time you're feeling, okay, well, what do I do next? Now I can, how do I make this decision? Okay, none of them, one is not better than the other, but what do I do next? And how do I decide which one I should choose? So if that's you and, and you're in this case and and you're looking for more of a framework on making the decision so that you can build the career and the life that you want, then I have great news for you. So I've spent the last couple of months working on creating creating this revolutionary experience to help people like you to build your careers and and I know through going through the education system that the the schools there's they teach you a whole bunch of things that are fantastic if that is the focus you want for your career you know the 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 subjects that you've studied that that trajectory is what you want to continue on but if you want to transition to something new then how to make a career path how to decide what's important to you how to think you know not instead of not what to think but how to think I, I found that the education system doesn't really teach you these things I mean these are principles that are are important in helping you make complex decisions like that throughout life and the school systems don't teach that right because it's simply not the structure I mean they're 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 not it's not on the curriculum so they don't teach it right and and so I'm, I'm sensitive to that and i'm also a proponent of education at large i'm very proponent of that and so what i've created is a career intensive and this is a 21 day experience where i will work with you and i'll help you and i will i will be as your teacher i will teach you the principles of building a career and and really you know i i, I always tell my my students that Building a career is very similar to building a business. And if you want a great career, it's about, it's the same principles as building a great business. So in this intensive, I go and I teach you just only what you need to know, the business acumen, just what you need to know to build that, to build that career. And, And these are the things that they don't teach you in school by answering the post- most of the questions that are deep in your heart and and bringing them out you know bring out and lead forth and that that is the spirit in which I created this career intensive and so you want to find out more and I invite you to join. Registration is still open. Now right now that I'm recording this episode, registration is still open, but it's not open forever. I mean, I don't I don't have these intensive, they're not I don't hold them throughout the year. I only have them a few times a year. So if you're interested, you want to learn more and and, and to join as well go to careerrevisionist.com slash intensive. And I'm going to include that link in the show notes as well. So you'll find it there. And that link will take you to uh, you know, a website and I'll have a video for you there explaining everything. So j- j- go check that out, uh, You know, click the link and, and the instructions to join will be right there. And, and this, is, this is really, for me, it's more than just a business. It is a mass movement, a movement towards building your career intentionally and not accepting. And, and in fact, challenging the status quo and having the courage to choose differently so this is a movement towards we we choose and we create our success and we can shape the environment around us in order to help us do so but of course and before you can do that you need to know the principles right you need to know the right strategies and you need to, you need to have the accountability so that's why i created this intensive so visit that visit that link slash intensive and and join join the mass movement and and meet the community as well other other revisionists just like you who are in this journey to forging a career of success and wealth and and impact so i look forward to seeing you on the inside serving you at my fullest at my very best and again thank you for listening to career revisionist always as always i invite you to subscribe to my podcast on itunes Leave a review there as well. I read every single one of those reviews. And if you're not an Apple user, I'm on Android as well. That same domain name, CareerRevisions.com. If you go there, you'll see all the other Android platforms that you can subscribe to my podcast on. And I look forward to hanging out with you in my next podcast.